Hello and welcome. My name's Ben. I'm the CEO of Charlie HR, and this is the Culture Ops Podcast. We're the podcast that's trying to lift the lid on the challenging situations that affect your business and your culture on a daily basis. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Culture Ops Podcast. Ask me what I'm motivated by, and you'll get a variation of building workplaces where people want to come and do great work. That answer really hasn't changed much over the last 10 years. And really, there are few organizations that have influenced that thinking and that idea as much as Zappos have. Reading Tony's book, Delivering Happiness, was the moment I realized that my instinctual desire around building happy workplaces had a real commercial and strategic value. Ten years later, I'm proud that we've been able to do that at Charlie. And I'm even more proud that we're starting to do the same for some of our customers. So to round off season three um, of the podcast, I'm proud, I'm excited, I'm nervous, and I'm just over the moon to welcome Rio Sun, the culture maestro at Zappos. Rio, welcome to the Culture Ops podcast. How are you? Doing good. And good morning from Las Vegas. Thank you so much for allowing me to share a little Zappos in your day. Very happy to be here. Thank you. Well, thanks for making the time. And um, I know I know that you um, you fill your time. Anyone that follows Rio on uh, LinkedIn or Twitter, you'll see just like you're constantly uh, in amongst it, doing amazing things that sort of influence, um, I guess, the, the culture and the way people feel at Zappos. But maybe let's start. Um, how did you end up doing what you're doing today? And 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 what is your role? So my moniker right now is the culture maestro. Can I share how I actually got to Zappos? Because it's a kind of interesting story. I never even heard of the company. And I had just left a company after 10 years of working with them, which was great. They had, they're known for their culture and their customer service, et cetera. But when I migrated over to Las Vegas, I was kind of at a new point in my life where I wanted a new adventure, a new career, whatnot. And I had applied for a position for Zappos as a barista. And so I get this call and they said, can you come in for an interview and a tour, et cetera? And I thought, okay. But they also, in that email invite, they also stated, please come as you are. Do not show up in business attire. It makes us nervous. And I remember thinking, well, what is this about? And so I ended up going to the interview and it was a three building campus at the time in Henderson. And I remember the electricity, the vibe that I could feel just by being there. And I go to the front office and there are two Zapponians giving out snow cones to people, whoever wanted one. So they asked me if I would like one. I said, yes, I got a snow cone, went in, checked in at the front desk. And now I'm waiting for the recruiter to come pick me up and take me on a tour. Well, while I was waiting, I saw all these cut ties on the wall. There's a little popcorn machine, a little disco ball. And there was a button that said, never, ever, ever, ever push this red button, because I found out if you do, it'll turn on the disco music and a dance party automatically starts to happen. So while I'm waiting and I did not press the button, I ended up playing Angry Birds on this large iPad table that was in the lobby at the time. Finally, 20 minutes later, here comes my recruiter and she takes me on this tour. I am looking at all this crazy decorations, 
things hanging, uh, hanging from the ceiling. There was a parade that happened at one point. And I'm just thinking, what's going on here? Is this a business? And then I go into this room for my interview and it looks like one of those rooms for like a talk show. So I was on the guest couch and the recruiter was there asking me all these questions. Then the managers uh, for the role was there and they're asking me all sorts of questions. So I felt like this little guest star in their little room and the whole, it was an all day event. I remember standing in the middle of my apartment at the end of the day thinking, what is this place? And whatever it is, I want to be a part of it. So I actually entered the, to answer your question, I entered in as a barista working in our Z Cafe. And it was that whole year that I was making Zappuccinos for our Zapponians that I fell in love with the vibe there, the culture. People were engaged in conversation. They were truly and genuinely happy to want to be there. And that really just resonated with me. and Because I believe we all should have a place that we can consider our happy place, especially at work. And then a year later, I found out there was an opening for the call center, our customer loyalty team. I applied for the position, and I have never done this work before. But the whole year that I got to wow our customers, that was when I had my aha moment. Now I understand why Zappos is known for their customer service. And we could possibly talk about that later. Then I've always known we always gave tours at Zappos. And I thought, you know what? It'd be really great to see if I can do something like that. I never dreamed that I would go into public speaking. And so I reached out to the team. I said, what do I need to do to be able to do this? What you do? And they had referred me to Zappos University. It's our internal learning channel uh, pipeline. And so I took some classes, public speaking classes, et cetera. And I was able to gain some skill sets and I had to be able to talk to a live audience. And then there was an apprenticeship that opened up. I applied for that apprenticeship, did that for three months. Then I applied for a permanent role. And I've been doing that since 2014. 2017 comes around. And by the way, I don't get to pick my name. The team does. And because I play my ukulele all over the campus, they decided to call me the culture maestro. And that's where that title comes from. 2017 comes around and a company from Canada asked if I would be a keynote speaker for their all hands meeting here at the Tropicana in Las Vegas. I had never done that before. And I remember being so scared and I asked the team, can you help me? And so they're very supportive, helped me formulate my talk and presentation. And I went, and the only thing when I was on stage that I could think about, even though I'm talking to the audience, is I wonder if they can hear my heartbeat. So, And I've been doing that ever since. So my journey has been very, uh, not the usual, nor going from barista to where I am today, but it was something that I never thought I would ever do. And I think the culture at Zappos had helped nurture me and grow uh, with me along my journey and help me dis- discover the person that I am inside. So the main question I'm sure people are people are people are wondering is, um, do you still make a good zappuccino? <laughs> well, the secret to good coffee is use good water, and I feel like yes, I can. I've been doing it for many many years. So, <laughs> okay, I like that because you're speaking to someone that is mildly obsessed. It's sort of culture coffee. I'm not. I'm not quite, I can't quite work out which one I love more, but um, uh, yeah, okay, well, I'm glad. And that was the correct answer. The secret of good coffee is definitely good water um, that, that people don't understand. Um, like I said in the intro, delivering happiness and the concept of how we can take the way that we are, the way that we behave, the way that we show up in the working environment and make that incredibly relevant to our business, uh, what the service that we provide to our customers um, really changed my life. 
in terms of in terms of how I view the workplace. And you know, I think it's pretty standard that you know when we write a book or when we write some content, we we like to sort of push the boundaries of maybe what is true and what isn't true. Being honest and being open, you know, we're ten years on plus since that book was written. Is Zappos still delivering happiness to its employees every day? Definitely. I think that is something that's going to be never ending for us because that is our, we have a wow philosophy in our company that anyone we interact with, we always want to leave with a wow experience. So that is always our main purpose, no matter what avenues or what we do as a company as a whole with, because it's beyond our customers. It's making wow experiences for our community. So many collaborative things that we'll do to give back to the community and make relationships with the community is very important to us. It's also with our, even our business partners, oftentimes most organizations treat that as a transactional relationship. We're here, they are an extended part of our brand and who we are as a family. We'll actually shut down the entire company once a year, host an event and allow all our Zaponians to come and uh, interact with our brand partners and our vendors and say, hey, thank you for doing business with us. I think that's a marvelous thing that we are able to always establish that connection and always reinforce that as well. And of course, with Zaponians, there's so many different things that we do for just the Zaponians at work to always perpetuate that uh, in our culture. And I think as individuals, because we find that very contagious, we just want to do that as individuals in our company. And I like to see that all the time. Yeah, and 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 and. and, and. You know, the, one of the cult, one of the cult, one of the uh, definitions of culture that I love is, um, you know, the way we do things around here. And you know, even even the first two minutes of, of chit chat between you and I before we started recording, like, you know, you're asking me about th- about things that are relevant to me. You you know, you gave me a couple of compliments. I was like, cool. I feel I feel really good already. And and and. Um, and that's really lovely. And so, you know, even for me, a bit of a wow moment there. Um, what do you think the impacts, um, you know, are of having a culture of happiness on an organization? Like what are the things that you feel um, you're better at, you're more able to deal with because happiness is something that runs through the organization top to bottom? Happiness is... Everyone, I think I mentioned this in what I was talking about earlier, that everyone deserves a workplace and environment where they can be themselves and enjoy what they love doing and have that happiness there as well. And I think those kind of all blend in together because when you work in that type of environment where people, you're around other people who are just as passionate as you are, that's contagious and it, it resonates like electricity through the entire organization. And the happiness just happens to be the byproduct of that. People are in an environment where they can be who their authentic selves and enjoy the work they, that they do with other people in the same venue and continue to drive the organization as a whole. And everything else will just happen naturally. All the different fun things that we do as a team, as individuals, or even as an organization as a whole. And there's so many things. I like to think of Zappos as that uh, never-ending, unfolding adventure book where you never know what's going to happen, but we know that it's there intentionally and it's going to bring smiles or good vibes to somebody uh, here at the Zappos organization. Do you feel like it's easier to hire people because of what people know about the culture? Good question. We actually don't rush the hiring process here. And I think that's one of the reasons why we are 
we do so well at finding the right people is the way that we hire in our company. Not only are we looking for the right technical fit for those who love what they do for whatever role they're applying for, we also want to know that their own personal values resonate with our core values and our purpose as a whole. If we have those two elements, then we know that we've got a potential Zaponian to help drive the purpose of the company. And so it does take a, it is a process that we'll go through to make sure we have the right person. And it doesn't matter if that person is a rock star talent in the role that they're applying for skill set wise, but if they don't resonate with our culture and our purpose, then that's probably possibly something that we don't want to consider. And so even for me, I'm just a barista getting hired at Zappos, but it took me nearly three months for that job. I want to say it was four actually. And the, it was a fun process at the same time because it is about an experience, but they, that's how serious we take making sure that we have the right people to always drive our organization forward. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, I, like, I like the use of the word resonate because um, people, people talk a lot about culture fit. And I think that, I think that organizations are starting to uh, maybe move away from using terms like culture fit because it, it maybe doesn't force us to think about actually maybe our culture needs to adapt and change and we want to think more about like culture ad and how our how our culture evolves and, and resonance is a nice word because it's sort of it's is you know and use the word vibe at the beginning of this interview you know does that person vibe with our purpose does that person vibe with our with our values they might be a very different type of person. They might like different things to you. They might come from a different background, but is there that resonance? I really like that. I think that's a really nice um, way of looking at it. I'm not a fan of the other phrases that I hear in a lot of the business articles that exist today, like the buy-in or drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm not fans of that because it's really about the alignment. And that's why I use those words, resonate or vibe, because it's truly about all that. Yeah, that's superb. Do you... Do you find it easier to hang on to people? Is your retention just better as an organization because because you've spent the time understanding that resonance, making sure people are bought in, finding the right people? You make uh, the working experience such a joy um, to 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 you know uh, in, engage with. Do you think people just end up spending? You know, you spent a long time at Zappos. Do you think people end up spending? Much, a much longer time at Zappos as a company than they would elsewhere? I just recently met, uh, to answer your question, I just recently met a person who just joined the family and I had just introduced them to some Zapponians while I was connecting with this new person entering our company. And she learned that this, the, a lot of the people that she met had been here for many years. But like my journey in the beginning, we want to make sure that we are always investing in the experience for the Zapponians. And when you experience and your employees, they're going to, sorry, when you invest in your employees, they're going to invest in your company. And I think that's why we have such a long-term, uh, we have employees here for the long-term. They start one, I've seen people who started in the call center and moved on to other careers in our company. My journey is the same as anyone else's here. And I think that's really amazing that we are able to do that. So they're not just stuck in one role, but they can also grow and flourish into other passions that uh, they decided to pursue in our company. And I think that's a really good testament to uh, retaining our Zaponians for the longevity of it. Yeah, so it's the investing in the individual allows them to grow and develop and take on new roles and challenges in the organization. And that's what retains them. That's what keeps them in the room. I think that's a breath of fresh air because a lot of times, a lot of organizations don't allow for that. 
And I feel like some people feel their career is not going anywhere. So they move on from the company. In our instance for that, I always like to think that those who have moved on from Zappos take that wow philosophy with them and bring it into the next organization that they move into. And I think that's also a great way to perpetuate that philosophy that every company should have that wow factor, not just for their uh, for their customers, but also for the, their employees. And we hope that it perpetuates itself. I like that. There's a, there's a sort of karmic niceness of like, let's just put good stuff out into the world and good stuff is going to happen to us, you know? <laughs> just like when you smile at someone else, I'm pretty sure you're giving that person a smile and they smile right back at you. That kind of thing. I'm not going to claim that we have all the answers because we were inspired by other companies as well. But I think that's one of the important things about having this type of conversation like you and I are having is when we talk more about it, that will hopefully inspire more ideas, inspire more innovations from other companies to do something similar or maybe create their own that may inspire other companies and just kind of like throwing that rock in the lake and watch the ripple effect. Yeah, no, I think you're I think you're spot on. And I and I kind of feel like why wouldn't we want to pursue a working world where there's just a bit more joy and happiness, right? Um and I think we're past the point of having to, you know, justify that that has an impact on attracting, retaining and and getting the best out of your people. Um maybe let's examine that relationship. Is there ever a tension between the culture, uh, the experience that you want to provide for your for your team, for your Zaponians, and performance. Like, do you ever see those conflicting against each other, or are they always aligned? I think the benefits of having a very strong culture results in the happiness and higher performance. And if you think about all the benefits in its entirety, when you have a strong culture like I say we have here at Zappos, then people are inspired to want to come to work. How often do we hear people are dealing with burnout or wanting to hit the snooze button and not wanting to feel like going to work? But here the energy is so authentic that people just feel inspired to want to show up and do that. And when you work in that environment where engagement is increased and everyone's loving what they do, well, the natural uh, segue from that is increased productivity. And I think that's what every organization strives for. And when productivity is increased, that actually helps with the health of the company, the culture, and the bottom line as a whole, but also more importantly, brand strength. I think this is one of the big key factors what kept us resilient over the last 20 plus years here at Zappos. And people forget that we were started as a young startup company in the early dot-com era. There were so many struggles and so many challenges that we had overcome being an e-commerce company trying to sell shoes in the beginning. People thought we were crazy. But look where we're at today. I think we stood the test of time. And I think brand strength is something that every organization wants. And unfortunately, a lot of the companies who don't have a very strong culture are suffering for it. Uh, and we hope to be a, in the future, 10 to 15 years from now, people will always remember that Zappos is this unique co- company driven by its culture and made a brand out of customer experience. I like that. So the things I picked out in that are, you know, we build a workplace where people are happier. People want to come to it. People want to engage in it. People want to spend time in it. Because they want to spend time in it, productivity goes up, performance goes up. That affects the bottom line. And not only that, the strength of your voice and your brand and 
the perspective that you're putting out into the world is just so much stronger because people want to emanate. They want to talk. They want to share um, about the company. They want to, they want to, they want to, they want to broadcast. They don't, you know, they aren't sitting there thinking I'm not proud of where I work. You know, Zapponians are proud of working at Zappos and, and that has a real world impact in how you're seeing the market and ultimately people coming to you to wanting and wanting to buy more shoes, right? <laughs> well, I think it's the relationships that we um, create that becomes that story-worthy experience that becomes a story that people just automatically want to share. Whether they've met a fellow Zaponian who shared how much they love working at this company or if we've done something with the community or if we made a connection with a customer or even a brand partner, uh, vendor, et cetera. It's amazing that, you know, you do something and it becomes an experience that really affected them. Then those are stories that people want to share. And we like that people want to do that. And we love that we could be able to be instrumental in creating those experiences for others. You said a few minutes back that, you know, you're not perfect. And, and, and um, you know, I'm, and I'm glad you said that because, you know, no company is. We all have our, our challenges. Um, and... So I guess there must be a, a reality to the fact that sometimes, I guess, there's a parade happening to ne- next to someone and someone's in a bad mood or they've had something difficult go on in their personal life. You know, is there ever a reaction from team members which is like, actually, you know what, this is a bit much right now? And and how do you handle that? Because it, you know, it it is so starkly a very different type of place to work and be there must sometimes be some challenges with, you know, people not necessarily being in the right frame of mind to engage with it. Very true, because not everyone, let's say, for instance, are going to feel 100% when they come into work. I know there may be days where I feel like that, but going back to when I talk about how that energy just resonates through the entire organization when you're around other people who are just as passionate and love what they do, that, for me, when I come in not feeling 100%, Maybe I do need a quiet place. So we have areas on campus where we can go to the backyard. We have a nap room. We have all these different uh, conference rooms, et cetera, where we can come back and feel uh, a way to get to our 100% self again and then continue our work project. Sometimes it's talking to another friend. We also have a life coach on campus that we can reach out to. So we have different avenues and ways to always bring someone back. But I always feel in my situations where I Maybe I didn't get enough sleep and I'm not feeling 100%. But because I have such incredible uh, coworkers that I get to work with every day, they energize me. And by the end of the day, I'm back to my 100% true self again. And I love that because I can always rely on the energy that they give me and hopefully that I give back to them as well. Um, not everyone has to march in the parade if it happens. You know, not everyone's outgoing. Not uh, A lot of people can be introverted, if you will. But just because they don't march in the parade doesn't mean that they don't have to enjoy it. <laughs> so there's two ways of looking at that. Yeah, you're spot on. And and I think you're right. And, you know, we we don't have values at Charlie. We have high-performance behaviors. And um, the reason we have these behaviors is we want people to think about different ways that they could model them. Because, um, you know, I really don't believe that you know, that there is one way to show up, one way to live a behavior or a value. We're all different, you know. Uh, you know, our sales team are probably quite different to our engineering team. Our design team are probably quite different to our ops team. And and that's okay. And we want to celebrate in that. And we want to 
help people find a way to to live or to 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 vibe with that value or behavior in a way that works for them and so yeah just as you say like i can enjoy the parade doesn't mean i have to march in it um i think that's a nice way of looking at it we have a core value i I liked everything that you just referenced because i think sometimes companies still don't recognize that they feel like a culture should be one characteristic but it's not one of the things that we want and we talk about authenticity at work our number three core values create fun and a little weirdness everyone's a little weird and our own individual style we have our own way of enjoying or having a little fun but the real meaning of that core value is we want you to be yourself you are unique in your own way and we want that brings the authenticity to the table when working here in our organization and being genuine and when you're in that element like i said you can do we know that employees do their best work when they can be there at their most comfortable being who they are and i think that's what's truly amazing about the culture here at Zappos is everyone's an individual, everyone contributes, but they can do that with their genuine self. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. What's the, what's the weirdest thing about you, Rio? Oh, good question. I, I asked that question to one of my coworkers and she says, people just, um, when they meet your and your personality, they just know that's you, that sort of thing. But I think I run on curiosity a lot. And I think that's why I like to uh, try new restaurants or go venture to new cities or whatnot. I think that's just a fascination of mine and I have varied interests. I, I like everything from playing piano to my ukulele to playing video games. Um, I like to tell people I'm the executive chef of my home because I love to, to experiment with food, et cetera. I, so I think this, I'm just like this potpourri of different interests <laughs> i like it that's nice um that's really nice i think i think yeah like a, a a fulfilled life is a life with many stories many interests yeah i think i think that's the way to do things um what are some of the key policies or processes that allow you to deliver that culture so i think that's one of the things that i'm really passionate about at, at, at sort of um you know like waving the flag for in the industry which is that we often we often think that culture is this nebulous thing which it is um and we don't we forget that the the, the, the activities that we need to um take part in the things that we need to do are those underlying do's and don'ts those underlying processes those underlying policies that that um that really feed throughout the entire organization. If we don't do that, then, you know, our culture is not really going to get driven in a certain direction. But if we focus on on those, we can actually start to leverage it and we can start to create what I would call an intentional culture, right? A culture that lives the values, lives the behaviors of the organization. What are some of those policies or processes that you're most proud of as Zappos? I mentioned something earlier. It's about finding the right people. And one of the unique things about Zappos is the hiring process is the initial key start, technical and a fit for our purpose and our values in our company. That's really, truly important. And once we go through that process, we find that a Zapponian who fits both potential areas, then we put them in uh, uh, on the first day of work for everybody in our company who is hired finally. We'll actually be in a classroom type setting to go through four weeks of training. That four weeks will include customer service. So yes, every person, if you ever come to Zappos that you meet has gone through call center training, regardless of role. 
which to me is important because there's a couple things. One, it helps us understand who we are as a brand when it comes to customer service, but also gives us the ideology about the wow experience. How can we think outside the box and go above and beyond uh, than what the person or customer expects? And that actually will go right into the way we interact with our business partners or our individual teams here in the company or even our community, because we'll always have that mindset. And that sets the tone for that. The other part of it in that four weeks of training is understanding the specific meanings of the core values and how we implement them in the way we operate as a business. This is very important. And then they take that and we team up all the different new hires and they're going to collaborate together and actually create a presentation, a culture presentation to share to a listening audience, their collaboration of the core values. And I think that also sets the tone to better understand each of the meanings and the purpose of our company as individuals and as a collaborative team. So they go through all these different things uh, in the four weeks. And then one of the most important things, and I think some people may know this, and you may remember this from Delivering Happiness, is we have an offer. Our culture is not for everybody. Our purpose may not be for everybody either. And after four weeks immersed in our unique working environment that could be very distractive and maybe overstimulating or whatnot, here they have the opportunity to exit the company with a nice cushion of money and use that to take care of their bills, take care of their needs, and find a job or career that will make them happy. And honestly, less than 1% ever usually takes this offer because by then they've actually already understand the culture and invested their personal resonance of the culture. And we know that we've got the right people. And I think that's one of the key important things that we do is just the hiring and the onboarding process itself. And that really truly sets them on this happy foot to continue driving the company forward. Yeah, it's amazing. And what I love is that, you know, obviously 10 years ago you were doing that and you're still, and you're still doing it today. You know, like this is our, this is our culture. This is what it's like. Do you want to, you want to stay or if you don't want to stay that's fine but you know like there's there's, there's this almost this cash incentive to just to, to step out you know it's people aren't having to choose between being able to pay their bills and being in an organization that actually they don't really feel like they belong in you're making that choice easy and true for them but also the fact that hey we understand our culture wasn't for you but here take this we want to help you find a career or job that'll actually be a fit for you And I think that's truly another wow experience, even when we have to say goodbye to somebody who decided that we're not the right uh, organization for them. I remember sitting in the classroom and they offered me this large sum of money. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, I like everybody I've met here and I've already been working in the cafe for a few months already. So I didn't want to leave. I just wanted to keep being there and keep driving forward like the rest of everybody else around me. So... Yeah, I think that's an important key component. I can't remember how much it is, but it's at least a couple of thousand dollars, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite much more than that. I don't know if I can share it um, or if it's internal, but we'll just leave it at that. It's a nice cushion yeah. of money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Vegas is probably more expensive than London, so you know. But uh, yeah, it's you know, it's a it's a it's a serious offer. Um, I'd love to understand the role that leadership play in establishing your culture because it's one of the challenges that I think organizations face. You know, there might be an intentional culture, but actually leaders are acting in a very different way and that causes attention. And um, what's the expectation you put on leaders in your organization and how do they uphold the culture that you're crafting? I feel like I have a couple answers for you in that regard for the question. Number one, for us in our organization, it is not up to leadership roles 
to be responsible for the culture. Our culture is everybody's responsibility and not our CEO, not our managers, et cetera, but everyone in the organization is responsible for driving our Zappos culture here. But leadership as the role itself is more of a supportive role. They're not here to say, hey, I need you to do this and manage people. They are here to say, hey, what do you need from me? They set everybody and their teams for success. And that's something I truly admired as I entered into this company. For every role that I had, uh, they've nurtured me and gave me the tools that I needed and, and was supportive to help me become successful or succeed in whatever direction I ever went to. And I see that in not just my journey, but all my fellow Zaponians' journey here at our company. Even the creation of the core values, Tony Shea, visionary and ins- inspiring leader here for us, you know, when he knew that he did not want what happened with a previous company that he had where it was a very disconnected culture to happen at Zappos at its early stage. So he knew in his role that he had to start the conversations to figure out how we can build a set of values to be the foundation and drive this unique culture that was culminating at Zappos at the time. And he actually was just asking questions and having conversations with the people in the organization because The culture works because of the people in it, and no one knows the culture the best than those who are already there. Someone needs to put that on a T-shirt. The culture works because of the people in it. Oh, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) You know, you're spot on. I think, you know, I, I talk about the three ingredients of culture being people, policies, and process. And whenever anyone says to me, you know, I, I, I'm not sure our culture is helping or supporting us or working for us in the best way. My answer is always start with the people. Do you have the right people? Are you hiring for the right people? Are you promoting the right people? Are you are you are you letting go of the right people? Right, like it. Who your who is in the organization has the greatest impact on the culture um, that an organization is crafting. Just to go on, add a little bit more to that. Even when prior to working as I was being a leader in many of the other places that I've managed, I empowered my employees. I think that's another thing that's really important because when you ask for feedback, right, tell me about your company or tell me about what you do, where you work, the people who talk the most passionate about it are the ones who truly feel empowered, who has all the right tools at their disposal to help be a component to drive the organization forward. And I hear that in conversations with my fellow coworkers here because we love the culture. We love the, the passion that everyone has and we love what Zappos stands for. And I think that's a true testament of what Zappos has established for our company. Yeah, no, I think you're, I think you're spot on. Is there? So I think we've talked about hiring and, and how much you and how much you um, you love that process, that policy. Um, and I think you're right that that creates such a high hurdle to making sure you have the right people in in your business and and therefore nurturing the culture in the right way because of that is. But I'm sure there's lots of people listening who are like, well, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. You know, that that's a bit too far-fetched. Is there is there any other policy that you would recommend to a first-time founder, someone that's just starting their business and is thinking about their thinking about their, their culture? Like where where should they start? I like that question because I think it's not out there very uh, as a resource for other young startups or people who are starting to venture out. I think it's really important is to define uh, what your company, who are you and why do you do what you do? 
and keep asking those questions and get the feedback is to formulate the characteristics or attributes of what could possibly become who your organization will represent. But ultimately, in 10 to 15 years from now, how will your customers know who you are? They're going to recognize you because of your characteristics, which will be your formulated and well-defined values and your mission statement or purpose. And make sure once you've established that, and don't rush the process, very important. Even Zappos as a young company, we took more than a year to come up with our core values that has been the driving principles for us for the last several years. Take the time, get them well-defined, and make sure moving forward that in every step that the organization takes is to implement those values in every part of the business and every part of the way you operate. Even for us here, we don't make any business decisions moving forward unless it resonates with one or a combination of our values here. Even you've learned how we hire and fire people. This is one of the important things that we do here is making sure that we involve the values. When I was doing my interview, I was being asked questions that I was thinking, wait, what does this have to do with coffee or <laughs> what does this have to do with a, a roast or a region, that kind of thing? And they were just questions I'd never heard before in any interview in my whole entire life. Uh, but I mean, they were fun, but I, I just didn't, didn't think they were relevant. I later found out how they were re- relevant, you know, because there are questions to gain attributes. Do, do they resonate with the certain core values that we have in our system? That type of thing. So for young companies out there who are doing that, I think the conversation start that first. Get them well-defined. Find out what your principles are, what you, how you would describe your brand, and then just know that moving forward uh, to create that brand strength, put it in everything that you do. And I think that's where a lot of companies don't do it. They make compromises, and unfortunately, now those companies suffer from a, a very unhealthy working environment and unhealthy company culture. Yeah, you're so right. Um, and and uh, what's great is like when someone asks me that question, that's the same. I give them a, a I give them a, a similar answer, which is like. How can you know the type of culture you're trying to build if you don't know who you are as a business? What's your purpose? What are your values? Understand that. Um, Get clear on that. And then you can start crafting. Then you can start implementing policies and processes and hiring for it that allow you to craft it. But if you don't know that, you're never going to be able to do it. Um, Rio, we have to bring it to a close. Um, uh, Even though I could probably just sit here asking you uh, fun questions for hours. Um, have you got any final words for our listeners? Uh, anything you want to leave people with? I will say this, and I know I, I, I might have mentioned something similar in the beginning that, you know, we don't have all the answers, you know, but our values and our purpose, those are our characteristics as a company. And we've always been driven by them and allowed us to move forward as we continue to grow as an organization. And I just want to leave that message with everybody else out there. Continue and commit to your values, commit to your purpose, and keep moving forward with it because that's how people are going to remember your characteristics and your culture is going to look like your culture because of how your values describe who you are, just like is the same instance for us. And I think that's truly important. It really is. If you're listening, listen to that piece of advice. It, um, it is spot on. Um, and I'm glad because this is also the final episode of season three. So you have um, just been the most spectacular guest. Um, it feels like a real full circle moment for me. Um, uh, you know, 10 years ago, reading the book, coming back around, uh, you know, starting a business, which is very influenced by the idea that culture is something that we can really actively craft. So, um, Rio, thank you for spending time with us today. We really appreciate it. 
I know I said this before, but thank you so much for considering Zappos. We are truly honored and humbled by this. And like I said, because we don't, I often forget that maybe people know who we are uh, outside of the U.S. And for you to reach out to us, we are just truly honored. So thank you. Have a great day. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you for joining us. It's been amazing. Of course, I've got to thank uh, Mel, our producer behind The Virtual Glass. Um, yeah, for keeping the, the show on the road and for delivering a, a great season three for us. Um, I also got to thank everyone listening along. Um, it's been awesome to have you for this season. And we are really excited for season four. Um, we've got some exciting announcements. So please watch this space. We are going to be shaking things up in a big way. Um, we look forward to seeing you again soon. I have been Ben Branson Gately, your host, and this has been proudly the Culture Ops Podcast. Mm-hmm.